November 30th, 2022. It's a lot for Pedro's show. The vegetable will help you so much, but uh, uh, is this the vegetable really help you so much? Or uh, why did you decide to be the man of a vegetable man? Well, it's, uh, I feel that uh, I guess it's, it's more of a spiritual reason than any other reason in my, with me. Mm-hmm. Because I find that uh, I, I, it's, uh, it causes me to be uh, much calmer. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Person, you mm-hmm. know, and the nerves, you know, mm-hmm. how much oh, uh, calmer, you mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. And, um... Uh, huh? Oh, really? If you try to... That's, that you that's me. I don't know if it'd be the same with everybody, oh, you see. <laughs> but I see. this I found out. In oh, my own experiments, I found this out. Mm. And uh, I have uh, less trouble, you know, mm-hmm. being in command of mm-hmm. my passions oh, and emotions mm, and so forth. And my body has less mm. work to do mm-hmm. in uh, grinding this food up. Oh. So therefore I have more energy to oh, mm, That's really great. That's uh, helped me too much while I'm skinny enough and then try well, to you, eat some water. You get some milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I want to get like you, see. If, if I can get like you, I, yeah, I got too much of this out here, man. Well, that's great. Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Wednesday. Brother Matt, how you doing? Wonderful. Yeah. Everything is great. On this I think side. the gray sky is going to turn blue. It's got a little rain in the forecast. Is though. that right? So okay, that's what. They so keep it's changing. not a marine layer. It's they, not a burn off. Right? They keep changing their mind. Okay, they keep changing. The only thing that stays the same is change. <laughs> we start off the show. John Coltrane talking to uh, Kazuaki Sujimoto in Tokyo, 1966, about why he's a vegetable man. And then we have the Untouchables with Nick Fit. Uh, Thurston covered that, right? Or sorry, uh, you know, by the incredible ingenuity of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, we have board Alec McKay. Put my board out. You there? We hey, hey okay. I'm here. Okay. Thought we lost you already. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to talk yet or not. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, when you get it, you're you're allowed to reply on the what from Peter. So remember, there's no hard Next. questions and there's no wrong answers. I'm gonna, you'll see. I got a couple of wrong answers for you, but let's well, get there. <laughs> okay. Question number one: yeah. What is your earliest musical recollection? Huh. Uh, earliest musical recollection. Uh, well. It's not, it's not a particular music, per se, but uh, we, my family had an old uh, Grundig 
uh, stereo, like a German stereo, but it was more like furniture, you know, like wood, made of wood, had legs. Stood in the, in the dining room and had these um, speakers that swung out, and then it had a kind of a floating turntable, and you had a bunch of uh, LPs stuck in the bottom. And I'm trying to think of what kind of records my parents had, but I do remember loving to play records on that machine and sitting there with those speakers on either side of me. Um, and then really for music, I remember finding a, uh, a Beethoven. Well, I didn't know it was what it was then, but I found a flexi disc that was in, in somebody's yard. It was like blowing around like leaves and it had been torn out of a magazine or something. But it, And I brought it home and played it and, it, and I pictured uh, uh, a bear, I think is what I imagined, or some wolf or I don't remember what, but I pictured something to go with the music. And then a long time later, discovered that it was a Beethoven uh, song. But that would be like the first actual recollection. And then when I got right, started selecting music, music that I wanted to... Yeah, let me ask you I, this. What was the first record you bought yeah. with your own money? Oh, the first record I bought with my own money, Queen. Uh, Queen, um, uh, uh, what's it? Uh, Jazz. The one that's got the, it opens up and it's got a bunch of ladies on bicycles. And I remember I was at a, in the backseat of my parents' car. We had stopped at a gas station in Delaware, and I went in and bought that record. Just cause, I mean, I went in there, and they had records, and I bought that because I, I liked Queen on the radio. And then we got in the car, and I opened it up, and it had all these naked ladies in it. And I was very quiet in the backseat. I didn't want my parents to know. <laughs> the humbler. <laughs> the humbler. Yeah. So what was the first gig you saw, Alec? The first what, show? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, first show really would be uh, Santana with uh, and Brick and uh, Rufus with Shaka Khan opening. You know uh-huh. who I heard, Brother Matt, just moved to Pedro, was one of, uh, guy who played bass for a long time for Carlos Santana. Really? Oh. I wouldn't shit you. Wow. Yeah, this is but In fact, <laughs> James Allen, right? You know oh, who moved right. to town, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's big scoop. It's big now, scoop. Now, now, Alec, this pad you grew up yeah. in. Did it? Ha- was there yeah. in- musical instruments there? Piano. Did you have yeah, to go my, through the my, piano lesson experience? My brother did. Well, you know, I did. I did, uh, except for I couldn't. Ha- I went. I had a piano teacher for just a minute, and her name was Mrs. Grocock, if you can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, I remember getting dropped off at her house. It's one of those things where you, you know, she did the lessons from her house, and my parents would take me to the door, and then they would leave. And we'd go into her house, and she always had all the lights off, except one over by the piano. And then she'd make me go wash my hands, which I, I know was probably normal, but made me feel really dirty, because I had, I, we were like uh, sort of hippie-ish kids, I guess. I had long hair. And I just felt really ashamed, and I didn't, so I had a real negative <laughs> experience. And I don't remember really learning much from her, and then I just didn't want to go anymore. So I didn't, uh, didn't work for me, but I, that, that was... Oh, no, a lot of the cats we've had on the show almost made him quit fucking music. A horrible experience a lot of times. What about at school? Were you in the marching band or the choir, shit like that? No, uh-uh. No, never, uh, never did anything curricular or extracurricular in, in school. So no. I well, I ask music. about music because a lot of uh, schools got rid of their arts programs. Yeah. Okay, that's why I asked that. Now, what about after school, not graduating, but in the afternoon? The garage band, bedroom band, yeah. basement band thing. You just played uh, the Untouchables. That was I was fourteen in that band, uh, so that was. Were you playing guitar besides singing? 
Uh, no, I sang in that band. Okay, how did you get on the guitar? Well, the voice is an instrument too. We'll get into that. Yeah. Okay. You want me to tell you answer that question now? Bring guitar. Yeah. Uh, um, that was later on in the Warmers, and um, and Amy Farina and Juan Carrera were playing together. They were bass and drum, and they just had such the perfect situation. And then uh, I was going to sing, and we were looking for a guitar player, and every guitar player seemed to be stepping all over the perfect thing. And so I just was like, how about if we don't, let me let me play the guitar. Uh, and by that I mean not play the guitar. <laughs> you know, or learn in public, learn, learn in front of people. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but I did learn in front of people. That's you know, what I mean, really that's what I mean. Some... We call them pants shitters, but it ends up getting done. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, yeah. so so the guitar came while you you're already in a few bands. So okay, your first instrument yeah. then was your voice. Now, how'd you get into that? Yeah. Um, well, you know it's funny actually you say that because uh, uh, I told everybody I was a bass player. I didn't tell everybody. I told some. Yeah, I'm show. into that. <laughs> yeah, I told you know my brother had a bass, uh, and uh, I knew you know in the house at that point, and I was at a punk rock show and just dancing and doing my thing, and this. And a woman came up to me and asked, she said, I had great stage presence. And did I play any instruments? And I looked at her and it's like right off the bat. I said, yeah, I play bass. Why? I never even tried. <laughs> but, and uh, she said, oh, I want, I'm putting together a band and here's my phone number. Or no, get, give me your phone number. She wanted my phone number. So I remember writing my phone number on her. She had like an envelope full of uh, something. And uh, and she never called me. It's kind of just as well because the band, when they finally got going, I was not my a band I wouldn't have wanted to be in. But as soon as I said that, you know, like had that exchange when I got home, I started trying to learn how to play bass right away. So that I, in case I ever did get that call, I would have, have some, some kind of thing going on. Um, but then later on when we formed that band, the untouchables, uh, I was supposed to, you know, we had one member who was all, who had a guitar and knew, knew how to play. That was Eddie Janney, Eddie Machete who later on went to be in Rites of Spring and Happy Go Licky and so forth. But um, he could play guitar. Um, but then every, other people in the band didn't know. You know we, we just like, what do you want to play? <laughs> and so they're saying I should be the drummer. So I borrowed some drums and we live in a row house back then. And I remember trying to figure out drums. And then my next door neighbor, who was this type A, like Rage Hall guy, he came over and just, you know, basically said, you're not doing that, you know, <laughs> away. <laughs> so I couldn't Guy play did. drums in my house. Yeah. yeah. Shut me down. So, so, then, what, uh, what, oh, so, so, so what we're talking about here is bass, yeah. no bass, drums, no drums, voice. Right. Yes, voice. Yeah, I can't take that away from me. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, I ball gag, but we, we could we could bring in the ball gag, but <laughs> right. no, that's, that's, nobody thought of that back then. Um, well, that's why yeah, we're, so, we had you on the show there, Alex. Enlightened yeah. all the options. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so Untouchables. When does that band start? Uh, that would be so, in like um, like you like said, you were fourteen. 1979, yeah. I just turned 14. And, and, and what, uh, what makes you, you th uh, want to do it? Was it the movement? Uh, going to punk shows? Uh, yeah, going to punk shows. And um, and just really, it never even occurred to me not to do it. You know, it seemed like yeah, it was perfectly uh, a reasonable and great idea. It never even occurred to me that, that um, there would be any uh, obstacles to doing it. Um, 
Yeah, but I think that's righteous. I think that is righteous. And the way the band members came together, was it random or was it calculated? Uh, It was like uh, I was the youngest. Um, Other folks in the band were like a year or two older than me. And we got a drummer who I would say about 80% of the reason he was in the band was because he had a car and a driver's license, none of which the rest of us had. And he could drive us around and do things. You know? um, uh, so they they all knew each other. The other three people knew each other from their first year at high school. Then I was brand new at, the, at high school, and uh, and and I knew them through through music. Um, and one of the, the bass player at that point was a neighbor of mine that kid I used to skate with, named Bert Kiros, um, who I still I still know. I just stayed with him in Berlin about a month ago. Oh, that's great. Um, well, yeah, let's he, play another. Let's play. You get you float yeah. me another untouchable song. A, a little tender, sweet thing called "I Hate You." Yeah. <laughs> Punk 
Buena boca, buena boca, buena boca. <laughs> 
Bleib doch noch hier, hier bei mir. Komm, Schöne, schau mich doch an. Schmink dir den Mund, stoß mich gesund. Tanz mich, ich bin ein Vulkan. Wer die Sehnsucht kennt, ach nur wer die Sehnsucht kennt. Mit Schüchen so rot kommt Trampel mich tot, tritt mich und spuck, denn ich weiß, bin ich erst weg von diesem
Watford Pedro show. That chunk of music start off with Untouchables. So I hate you. Then up around, this is a seven inch that's coming out Friday, uh, Brother Matt. This Tim Kerr's got this new band called Up Around the Sun and this Red Parakeet label, part of uh, American Laundry, Matt, uh, asked us to do a seven inch where him and his big boys. Uh, have me and my guys, my second man, my missing man, also uh, do uh, one of theirs, and then we do. Uh, I mean, they do one of ours. So uh-huh. he picked history lesson part two. Oh, well, cool! So that's what we Bitchin'. heard there. Bitchin'. And he got all these cats. Even you know, John Doe's in the song. Uh-huh. The word uh-huh. he got him to do that oh, spiel. Oh man, yeah. how cool! Oh. And Tim Kerr's. You know, he's doing a lot of painting these days mm-hmm. too and stuff. He's just a beautiful man. And then we had, uh, yeah, Mike Watt, the second Missing Man, right? Yeah. They're both together doing one of their songs, We Got Soul. I mean, which was, you know, that, that, that first record there is kind of like uh, Cool and the Gang. Uh-huh. And that was like one of their tunes, but it sounded, and I, I think Hollywood Swingin's on that record. Oh, even. bitchin', yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> you know it. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a six-song, ten-inch, right? Yeah. And then, cool. then The Faith after that. Now, 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 the first record, it's The Faith. The next record is just faith. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. paying attention a little to details. It's face to yeah. face, and then Shovel Dance Collective with one. This is a four song album they did. It's beautiful stuff. What you can make into music. The Faith again with Trap. Then Yao Bobby and Simon Grab with Church. Faith, not the Faith people. Faith with Aware. Then Bull Shannon, brand new band with uh, Chris Candy. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah I think Chuck will get those over. Oh. That's what he's doing now. And Kim Bomben Kessner out of Berlin. Funny you mentioned that town. With Pompeji and finally, again, faith, not the faith, people. Subject to change. Okay, Alec, what's the first song you wrote for the uh, Untouchable guys? That's the I Hate You. That, that was the that first was song. <laughs> yeah. Now, was that the first yeah. song you ever wrote ever? Uh, yes. Yep. Okay. And where'd you yep. guys get the name Untouchables? Oh, yeah. That's kind of, you know, we were just trying to think of things to, to, to uh, of any kind of a band name. Um, and I think I'm like 99% sure, although he doesn't remember it, but this guy, Jem Cohen, who's a filmmaker that uh, did that Fugazi instrument film and a bunch of other stuff. He's a great filmmaker, but he was in our high school and he, uh, he threw it out there just as a kind of a joke uh, about Elliot Ness. Elliot Ness, right, G-Man. Yeah, the old Robert Stack thing or whatever. Not, I mean, who was the... Well, anyway, they were the old version, like a TV show or something. And um, and then we just kind of like, oh, you know, it kind of like is a cool gang name too, you know? Like it's like, don't touch me kind of thing. Like we're untouchable. And then, you know, we just sort of like thought it through. <laughs> kind of like impressive. <laughs> but it, you know, it was teenage, teenage wisdom. It, but, what, uh, what happened to the band? How long do you guys last? Do you remember the first Untouchables gig? I don't, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. First, um, first Untouchables gig was the first Teen Idols gig, which is my brother's. Um, right, right. Was the first band sort of. Um, we debuted on the same night in a, in a guy's basement in Palisades neighborhood of DC. And, um, and I remember my grandmother came to the show Whoa. and, uh, but a bunch did of she other, cut you know, the shit and people. start the pit? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. She was all about it. But, uh, <laughs> okay. What happened um, to the, what, uh, but you would call the gig a success. Two and a half years. I would say we, uh, I 
think it was the, the run. Um, and I, it was right when the OR, or guitar, sorry, the drummer went to college, so we got a different drummer. Um, and then, uh, and I really, I can't remember what the final blow was, but there was decision to... They, they happen, it happens. But th- tell me about and, the faith. Yeah. Uh, faith was then, um, that really came out of, out of uh, Henry, uh, Henry's band, his first band before SOA? Black Flag. He did an SOA. Yeah. Yeah, and when he left to go be in Black Flag, he was like, "You, you should sing for my band, or you, you know, you should take over, basically." You know, like to, and um, and we didn't exactly do that, but with the rest, you know, minus the the bass player, um, we uh, it was Michael Hampton, myself, and Ivor Hansen, um, and then I knew this guy Chris Bald from he had just started in my high school. And uh, he had just he he'd been been away for a while and came back and and we decided he'd be a good um, bass player and that's how that happened. Uh, that was a, I think less than it was just a few months after Untouchables broke up. Do you remember the so, first uh, gig of the Faith? Yeah, that was at a um, there was this high school out in Arlington, uh, just across the river from DC. It was a kind of a progressive high school called Woodlawn HB Woodlawn, and they would have regular punk shows in the in the cafe or cafeteria and our first show was there i think we played with like iron cross and he was one of those like four band things that's dante was was dante on drums uh yeah Mm -hmm. the guy who runs a black cat brother Mm. correct yep and And uh later on and and now now the face stays together longer than untouchables yeah yeah uh, but not too much longer. You know, was, <laughs> well, you know that we know. Me and D Boone used to notice about the Discord bands. They usually break up before the record comes yeah. out. I know. They go. There's a built-in uh, self-destruct button there for some reason. I'm not sure what that was about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't, you know, maybe the first record would get out. Maybe, but definitely before the second one. <laughs> I guess okay. every second record is posthumously released. Now, did, did uh, Untouchables probably didn't tour? But did the Faith tour? Uh, we didn't tour, but we played around. We went. Um, not even an I ninety five tour. Yeah, we did the nine ninety five. Yes, yeah, we did. Yeah, yes, yeah. we did a, a East Coast Central, uh, like Mid Atlantic. So we went up to um, like I think it's actually our second show. We played with the Bad Brains at CBGB's, and uh, it was Christmas night of 1982. Whoa! Uh, played up there with the Bad Brains, and then uh, another time we went up and and uh, played at uh, A7. Yeah, that's like where a, they were. That's where they kind of held court, right? That I remember yeah, Adam Yalk telling me about. That's where the Beastie Boys are all hanging out. Right, there. right. He told me Daryl Jennifer taught him how to play bass. Then he taught the rest of the guys, Harvitz and Diamond. Well, I guess they had a lady at first, but uh, let me ask you: the first recording you did was with Untouchables, right? Uh huh. What was that like? What What was the studio? Oh, the studio was a guy uh, named Steve Carr. He had a, his own studio in his, in his mother's basement called Hit and Run Studios, and he and his he had two brothers, uh, uh, one of whom played. His little brother Tommy played in the Penetrators, who were a great like early DC punk band, and also in Black Market Baby, and then a bunch of bunch of things after that. But um, and then his older brother, whose name I'm blanking on right now, played with Texer Benowitz and the Bad Boys, who were like a Texer Benowitz is this amazing rockabilly. Just I don't know how to describe him. Just 
just a super badass um, older rockabilly dude. Um, and then Steve Carr was in. Um, I forgot his band. Anyway, he did he had you go, did you guys and, go into the studio with the? Was it like a gig in front of the microphones, or did you write the songs in the studio? Oh no, we had them. The songs were ready. Yeah, um, yeah, okay, like Minutemen ways. It was basically like a gig. In fact, to save money, we would record in order, so we didn't have to spend money on editing sequence. So they basically were like gigs in front of the microphone. I was just, I was just curious about that. Now, now, when you were writing songs for the Faith, had it changed from writing songs for the Untouchables? I think so. I didn't really do a lot of composition, to be uh, honest. Uh, you didn't write the words. At that point, well, I do, uh, not all the time, no, uh, and definitely not. See, I'm trying to think of uh, the Untouchables. Everybody was writing words in the Untouchables. I remember okay. that because some of the songs were just like, yeah, it was just a. We were just trying to get some material. I'm always in, interested in the process, how things, you know, because yeah. it's just sound it. coming that into the ear thing. hole. Look, Alec, we're at the yeah. end of the first hour of the November 30, oh. 2022 edition of the Watt from Pedro Show, starring you, Alec McKay. Hold tight for hour two. November 30, 2022. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
This is a song about a duck in love.
Their bleeding long since stopped, and we headed back to Orange County. Meanwhile, the word got out. Barbara heard that her sister was clubbed, and she kind of goes berserk. She breaks off a street sign and attacks the police line, breaking one of the cops' hands. The cops dogpile on her. With blows, they restrain her, and Barbara is bleeding as they take her to jail.
Watt from Pedro Show start off the second hour with Hammered Holes, Abstract City. Sam Bennett out of, after that, originally from Birmingham, Alabama, but now in Tokyo, Japan, with Decoy or A Duck's Lament. And then out of Hokkaido, the same country, Shape of Raw to Come. Scrapers Papers. I don't know where they're from, but what a name. <laughs> Some dude said, me, he, he said, I want to turn you on to my favorite band. Why? And I said, well, with a name like that. Mr. Papers Has a Laugh. That's the name of the tune. So, yeah, it's a, thing, a recurring theme. Hammered Holes after that with Written Word. I thought they fit. In fact, you gave me two versions of Written word. Well, no, same version, but twice. Files. Screamers after that. You want some 70s Hollywood punk? It's Sex Boy. You know, they wouldn't make records because they thought videos was the thing. Yeah. Gebedan after this. Get up. Gebedan has got on bass Mike Patton from the Adolescents and Eddie and the Subtitles. Also produced some, uh, like the Minuteman Joy EP. He now lives in Athens, Georgia, and he started up a new band. And he was running the buses in Orange County. The, the wow. bus system, yeah. And he, he retired whoa. from that. And he yeah, uh-huh. moved to Athens. She shows up at the gig. Like, whoa. <laughs> Southern California. Wow. Place. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's got this new band, Gabadin. That's Achilles. The Wicked Lowdown. Now, I said they were from Texas. Only one guy's from Texas. Wow. It's a New England band. Okay. But they played the blues thing. Great cat named Mike. 52P bass. Whoa. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. That, that's some chinquando. Um, and then finally, Hammered Holes with Needlepoint Tiger. So enlighten us about uh, Hammered Holes there, Alec. What, what, to what end? What like how did it come together? Because it, okay. obviously there, there, there's some bands that we're going to play next hour, like uh, Warmers and Ignition, that came before. But since we're in Hammered Hole land right now, uh, uh, enlighten us to how it came together. Okay. Uh, it's... Mostly uh, uh, Mark Cisneros, who I think you've had on your, yes, on I your did. program. Yes, I did. In fact, he's the one yeah. who hipped uh, he, me to to having you on the show. Oh, good. All right. Um, amazing musician on on every level. Brilliant person, brilliant uh, and and a sweetheart. Yep. Um, he and and the drummer Chris Wilson were uh, putting together a project, or hoping to anyway. Talking about playing together, and then also. Mark and uh, Mary Timoney, they also have been playing together on a different thing, and they've been uh, helium, right? Music, yes, she's in helium and uh, 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 X Hex more recently, and she and, and very popular uh, solo musician, and she's um, done a and, and also my neighbor. I think I think Ash was block. playing bass in helium. He had this band Povel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, exactly. so so yeah. you got brought into the band. You didn't start the band. Okay. No, uh-huh. yeah. So I was the last element, and they and uh, at some point Chris had asked if I did want to. You know, I think he, I think people thought I'd like gotten out of music. I didn't hadn't played in so long. Um, and I guess that's a form of getting out, but it wasn't like a, I didn't close any books or end any chapters or anything like that. It just hadn't happened. Um, but he, we were talking, and I've always, I'll say right up front that each of these persons were people that I admired immensely in, in the things that they do. I loved all of their. They're just amazing people, amazing musicians. Um, and uh, and he, so I was talking to him at some, I think it was a Ted Leo show, because he played with Ted Leo and the Pharmacists, and he was asking if I'd ever considered being in a band. I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, it depends. Depends on who it is. But then he took that to Mark, and Mark and him talked about it, and then Mark really wanted to, and, and wanted to do a thing with Mary, and we just all 
agreed on it. But um, and Mark had a lot of the he had most of those tunes already sort of uh, kind of blocked blocked out. You know, like not they weren't fully formed yet, but he had a whole bunch of tunes ready to go. He he and knows how to play can, everything, right? He can play everything. Yeah. Yes, he can. Yeah, yeah. So Everything. he kind of had ideas what people were going to do and stuff. And so, like, like this, this, this new record, right? When did it come out last year mm-hmm. or this year? It came out uh, this year, right? Yeah, just now in October. Yeah, in October. Yeah. Okay, two. I mean, it took two, two years to make it. I mean, I, we went in the day before you know uh, uh, shutdown or whatever COVID down in twenty. Um, got the tracks done. The the. The, just the instruments and then there, then we stopped and didn't go and then I went back in completely raw a year and a half later and uh, did the vocals and I that was rough man what about the sh- yeah of course of course believe me man, when yeah. I had my surgery I, did, I, I first time I stopped playing bass since D. Boom's mom mm. right 12 years old she puts me on and man mm. I couldn't do it worth shit man so it was a lot of little doll over and over mm. and over so in this this hammered holes are you the wordmeister yeah so what mark would like present you the music and then you'd like and would he come up with a theme or was that your job oh i did everything i mean words wise i did i mean you know mostly what it was is uh i discovered earlier when i was in the warmers that i could see words in the music easier than i could make up a song you know like a narrative or whatever i i didn't it's harder for me to have an idea and then build a song. But if I just got, if we could just get in the music, if we could just get in the space together yeah. and grind it out and, and make the music, I would see the words uh, in the, in the melody, in the, you know, I'd hear a word and I, if all, all I need to one, one foothold and then I build out from that. And so all, all the songs were just in the, in the practice space, they would just start, um, they're playing them and also sort of crack finishing them, I guess you'd say is, so while the they were doing that, the rest of the musicians, you know, making the getting the song into a intelligible set piece, then I was just thinking of the words in in you know I could just see like in the sound waves, and um and that's how how we did that. It was kind of like uh, inspiring, like an inspiration, yeah, something to like to uh, right because you don't want yeah, an assembly yeah. line thing. You want each tune to have its own persona, so you would like feel for the. The trip that, that they were bringing. Yeah. Now, now, you guys made a record before this, or is this the first one? Uh, Hammered Holes. We had a seven inch. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so Hammered Holes did that gigs that. too, then, right? Say it one more time. Hammered Holes did gigs. Oh yeah, yeah, we yeah we did gigs. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, and then we took the you know whatever the pandemic off, and now we're back. We just did a bunch of shows out to the yeah, because I'm not sure the timeline and stuff. What what was the first Hammered oh, Holes yeah. gigs like? Uh. We played the Black Cat anniversary um, party thing. I don't know what we, I think it was a 25th anniversary for Black Cat, and we just did a few songs. Um, oh, and I was and on one was, of those nights, Dante's. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I had a great uh, after-show performance. That was incredible. Look, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, how would you take? How would you say? So it seems like with Untouchables, with Faith. With Hammer Holes, these were all somebody else's bands, right? That you come in to help out. <laughs> yeah, I got. I, yeah, it does seem like it. I mean, that's at least the way it feels to me. I, um, it's funny that way. Uh, I'm uh, reluctant. Uh, I'm not reluctant, but I'm. I seem to be the. I, if I'm in, you know, it's like a, if I'm invited, then I want to be in. But I'm not going to try and 
uh, foist. Push it together, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that, that that's considerate because a lot of cats like that. <laughs> <laughs> People got to learn from brother out. <laughs> you know, when you ask, then you break. Don't, <laughs> don't foist, please, please. And uh, so, okay, this just came out. Are you guys going to tour? Yeah, we're, we're touring the way that we can. You know, I guess it's uh, different now, uh, it seems like. Um, so it's just, we're going to do small tours. It's always like four or five shows uh, so far. And then I guess when, uh, maybe in the in May, you know, springtime, we'll get out to the West Coast and do maybe 10 days, you know. No, but nothing, none of these, um, so far anyway, I, you know, I have a, full-time job I'm, I'm right now at my job at a you know art museum i work at a uh, regular uh gig and uh and everybody else is also in other bands i mean that's the thing so we're we have a uh, scheduling stuff that just it seems to work for the best right now but it's not they're not long slog tours that makes good sense you know life yeah. is a journey and yeah you, you evolve you adapt and uh and speaking of which yeah. we've reached a point in the show Bring Brother Matt's spin cycle. <laughs> Evolve and adapt to the broken gear. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go back about 40 years or so for some more knucklehead defiance from those dudes from New Alliance. And uh, cracks in the sidewalk. Here we go. <laughs> everything to me. I don't think it's shit every day. I 
William Burroughs, Brian Dyson, for Awesome Saba. ask Brian about the actual techniques taught or used there, element, or broached other such like slippery areas, he would clam up. He didn't know. He was just a sorcerer's apprentice. Now, I feel much the same. In Dublin, at the Here to Go show, 1992, there was a public session called Remembering Brian, where some of the usual suspects were assembled to drag out the usual stuff. Brian, who invented the dream machine? Brian, who turned to me in the bus after the light flickering between the trees at Spasty Mountain, said, Wow, man, like you're the prophet of the beat. I swear to Allah that if this thing ever gets off the ground, I'll cut you in for half the bucks. But being a man of integrity, I cut. I, for my part, answered that for me. This was extremely difficult because where is everybody? I simply did not remember Brian in the usual sense. To do so to really remember him, requires an enormous effort of recapitulation because what he taught was not accessible to ordinary consciousness. The only way to reach him is to follow him there. What on earth really happened to me? What techniques? Where is everybody? Who can say? Not me. studio and watch him make a drawing. Uh, that was fascinating. I'd never seen anything like it. He, work, he was working only with India ink, colored, colored India inks. And he had very fine brushes, and he spotted drops of various colored inks over the paper. It was all on paper. And while they were still wet, he took another sheet of paper of the same size and uh, dimensions and placed it on top of what he had just done. 
and then moved it a fraction of a millimeter to the left or to the right or up or down. And that, it had to be done quickly, you know, watching the seconds. But that, since the undersheet was still damp, every little spot produced its shadow, either to the left or the right, and that made it great. A great difference between that and anything one could get by any other method. I mean, sure. one wanted to get that effect, which helps a great deal, especially in the desert pictures, because every pebble has its little shadow. shadow, and they're all, you know, perfectly cast by the sun. He wanted you to look at things particularly when you were stoned. <laughs> and he'd say, now do you see the motion? And what you were doing, you were re-seeing what he saw, stoned, when he painted it. Right. And you become Geisen. It's interesting. And it worked, I think it was successful. Well, I think it's very successful. extremely valid, aesthetically. Every other way, of course. Uh, well, I didn't offer you a chocolate.
We did it. It's Brother fun. Matt, thank okay. you so much. What made you do what you did to us this time? Well, the, the technological issues were a factor. So we made it work once again, piecing it together. Had a little bit of a... Uh, of, uh, Bill uh, Burroughs, uh, Uncle Bill, Bill. Uh, wrapping things up. But prior to that, we yeah. had we had this side and the and the other side. It's the first New uh, Alliance. Yeah, the release. very first one. Cracks in the sidewalk. And uh, we're missing some of the sailors from that boat, right? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. just lost one. Georgie's brother Gregory. Right. He was on the uh, Kindle. Kindle de mag- imagination. Right. Imagination. And, uh, I think D Boone's actually playing on that tune, and I think I'm doing bass on the Martin Tamburvich song. Yeah, Sharp Corners last one on. Spot was in there. He produced. He engineered the thing. Oh, the whole album. Yeah. And then special Black Flag because this has got Dezo singing. Ah, uh, yeah. Minutemen, Black Flag, Second Trust, Kindled Imagination, Artless Entanglements, Sharp Corners, 1980. Uh, 1980 people. Thank you so much, brother Matt. Thank you. Uh, Rock Pedro Show, November 30, 2022 edition. Hold tight for hour three. November 30, 
I swing Kills a magpie in the backyard With his homemade gin He steals chlorine from the neighbor's swimming pool He puts it in a coffee jar And then pours brake fluid in Makes a pothole using match hits But it fizzles when he runs He tries again using the powder From the shells of his old man's shotgun And it hisses like the feral cat he's seen Slithers like the snake he killed It leaves a scorch mark on the pavement Finds a playboy on the way to school and tries remembering his mom. He throws rocks at a girl he likes and he's sent home before lunch. He finds a King Kong dog beneath a bush. It's probably some rich kids, but it roars and when he shakes. Drops it in a bin It gets late Dinner time comes He puts tin beans on white tip top He halves it with his fingers And then shares it with the dog He jumps a cyclone fence To the sound of his old man Fucking Rudy Finds a severed kangaroo hind leg just laying in a clearing. And there's a tendon or a tapeworm that retracts after a kick. He finds a new stench nearly makes him puke. When he pokes it with a stick, he meets his friend near there. I go on to his house down the road His sister lets him in Goes back upstairs wearing a bathrobe And there's a pillow shave full of hair clippings In a bathroom near her bra They go outside, they find some car keys And search a V8 car And there's a videotape in a paper bag It's hid under the seat A hit play on a VHS machine I start to hear flute music And now there's two girls on a farm somewhere And they're playing with a Labrador That rolls onto its back like it has been through this before It's the first time he hears flute music And the last time he thinks about girls He sneaks back home about ten o'clock Gets inside using the dog door Thank you.
from the army base And he's shut down half the city But dear's been expelled from school And he's quite happy staying in bed And he keeps track of all the updates Surfing networks instead And this tank arrives at police HQ about 8am And it makes pancakes out of five or six patrol cars And then runs out of diesel near a Caltech service station And there's a standoff and he's tear-gassed and not heard of again And Dee's father dies of cancer the next Christmas day He's so hopped up on his morphine that he can't get straight He says, be proud of me, my boy You see, I am finally off the fags They caught me upstairs smoking on the helipad They cut the tumor off his liver But he died without it It seems like no one gets to choose what they can live without You see, it don't matter about money when there ain't no Swastika made with can 
handles soap and spoons. He says he's half cast and that full bloods prefer petrol over goon. He says he was brought up on a mission, then became a vet. He ain't got a single tooth to chew, so D gives him his bayonet. He's got white scars between his knuckles, or what's left of them, and says, You see, I'm white too. I just cannot drink inside the way you like to.
Just be 
breaking news There's a building in Manhattan And it's
Ignition jetzt Anger Means. It's cold in this land of blood on the hand Gets better and worse every day 
Watch for Pedro's show. Start off the third hour with Ignition. And they're tuned throttle. Getting throttled by Ignition. <laughs> That's intense. Itaga 34 and Tenko with D. Itaga is like uh, Itag probably because fr- uh, it's fr- French for the like the 34th floor. huh? Piano in Italian. Uh, springtime after that. The radical radicalization of D. Springtime's got Jim White on drums. Incredible cat from the Dirty Three. Probably the most hair on, on anybody's back in the racket. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Get the lawnmower. I love this man. This guy can Go fucking play. He's badass. <laughs> After, from North Carolina, vast tight string conspiracy with the, va- the vast waltz. Ignition with anger means. Uh, Sam Lock Ward, Bob Buckle Jr. out of Iowa with where I'm at. And finally, Ignition with Lucky 13. People, Alec gave me multiple songs from different bands. I wanted to get them all in because I thought there was a reason he was giving me 17 instead of 11. So, enlighten us to Ignition, Alec. Okay. Uh, same thing. Uh, I was uh, the last element of the band. Um, Dante had ridden his motorcycle cross-country and was out in San Francisco visiting uh, Chris Bald, who was the, the, the bass player in Faith. Um and they talked about putting a band together, and uh, I don't know where where they came up with this guy Chris Thompson, who who was in Soulside previously, or a, a band called a band called Lunchmeat that became Soulside. Um, and then I was they they just asked if you know they I think they talked about it, and then wanted to see if I would be, in, be interested in being in the band, and I said yes, even though Chris and I were like best Chris Bald and I were old best friends from from school. And even when we were in faith, it was like, you know, we're, we're great friends, but it was always like this crazy, uh, he's just a volatile character, you know? Right, right. Um, and same MO, like they would bring the music and then yeah. you would come up with words? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so the uh, thing is, anyway, it's kind of the uh, same song and dance, but it's just da- dancing, yeah. different dancing partners. I think so. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay, right. now, now, now. Now, now, Warmers, Warmers has a connection because the drummer's your sister-in-law, right? She is now. She wasn't then. She yeah. wasn't then. No, no. Uh, but uh, she was so, my drummer. <laughs> oh, she was your. So you weren't the last to join in Warmers. That's right. This oh, yeah. is how you get on guitar. Is yeah, Warmers? Was, That's right. You're right. It was a. Uh, it was a bass player and, and drummer band, and then yeah. yeah, okay. Right, and then I was in it, and then we were looking for a guitar player, and then I started. And I got uh, Christina Balot. Uh, helped me to learn how to play guitar originally loaned me her uh, Dan Electro and and then I really did actually learn on stage like we were playing shows and, and I was figuring it out in front of people and Juan was showing me shit well you know we would stop a song and he would put my finger in the right place and we keep going <laughs> uh, a lot of that was me just holding back you know I played the guitar like a, a percussion instrument a lot uh-huh. uh, and mostly I just cuff it so that the bass and drums could take care of everything and uh uh yeah that was that's how we approached it and, and was the songwriting uh process same uh because now that you got a machine in your hands do you like bring in the music before the words i can't remember you know i think i um yeah music first music first and then words yep and that's actually really where i discovered that idea of for me is new i'm sure everybody else knows about it but the idea of uh, a sound that sounds like a word and then that word is the introduction to the rest of the things the rest of the words you're going to say 
and I didn't have an idea first of where the whole story would be. I would just follow a one word would be the opening the door to the rest of the song, and that's something I discovered playing with those guys in the in the basement. Whoa, yeah, learning by you know, doing, man. There's something about it. There's something about it. Yeah. At least you're not going to be a cookie cutter rubber stamp Xerox kind of thing. <laughs> Here, I want to play it. Let's get into the warmers.
from Pedro Show Last Music for this edition. Chunk started off with the Warmers doing No One Like Me, No One Like Me. Uh, Rob Dobbin Speck with Untitled, The Warmers, again. This one is Mad at the Man. Head boggle after this is East Bay, Oaktown. Harvest se- season. Then The Warmers with Walking solves it. After that, Chip Kimman, the abolition of the concept of performance. Do you recognize that name, Chip Kimman? Yeah, from the Dills. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Now he's doing a, a, a dance, of the electric, on the, you got a tabletop. Right? That's what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. In the Red Records, he just came up with a dance. Yeah, you know, we lost Tony a couple of years ago. I heard that, yeah. yeah it was a big blow. I saw him the day before. Chip called me. He said, you got to come see Tony. And it was oh, like when I saw my yeah. pop with the cancer. Yeah, it was. And he wrote on my bass, yeah. look, I hope this ain't too romantic, Mike. And he wrote, love you. 19 because on the first Dills record he's Tony 19 because he thought punk bands shouldn't have brothers in the same band right so no no Chip Kim and Tony Kim and no Chip Kim and Tony 19 Hell yeah, that's a badass name it really is and I got on my 56B bass and then finally the warmers with Red Light Runner Red Light Runner what some motherfucker who d- doesn't obey the traffic uh, T-bone your ass <laughs> What do you got planned music? Well, of course, what's coming up now is Hammerhole gigs, right? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever have you ever thought of an Alec Mackay record? No. Where you're the shot caller? It's not like you have to play everything, but you could be like the rudder man and give direction. Yeah, no. The only thing I thought of a long time ago was I was I became obsessed with a, a movie that I saw when I was fourteen. It's now more available, but I'd only seen it once in this like reading room at the American Film Institute. It was called um, Shellstock Rock, and it was about these uh, kids in in Belfast, Northern Ireland, who were into punk rock. But they're all fourteen year like they were my age at that time, and and I loved all the bands. There's all these like really early Irish band. Stiffle Fingers are in there, but also Undertones and um, uh, 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 Rudy, and I can't. There was a whole bunch of these early Northern Ireland bands, and um, and I wanted to do a thing where I got a band. We would just do that whole like just do the soundtrack or whatever, <laughs> just the music that's in that movie. Uh, and a fr- friend of mine was all about it. They are going to, but I, I just, I chickened out because I can't remember everybody else's lyrics. I can only do mine. Okay. So, then even do. more good reason to have an Alec McKay record. Then you don't have to worry yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just curious, of course, it's like fantasy baseball or football or something. And I'm just thinking where you were the shot caller, you know, where you, you it would be just uh, amazing. So so one day, one way, maybe. Uh, but I won't do it. it I'll it, do it because you recommend it. It's a good idea. Yeah. And nowadays, right, people can fly in parts through the Internet. So they don't even have to be That's there in, in the D.C. area, you know. I've made whole albums with people I've never even fucking met. <laughs> Actually, I started doing this like 10-something years ago before the situation. But, you know, of course, being in the room with somebody something. But in another way, there's something advantage is not having the dude in the room. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, uh, what, look, you've had a life of music, man. What what advice would you give to a fourteen year old that you met trying to get into? Oh, oh man, I, uh, don't listen to me or anybody else. That's what my advice would be. <laughs> Just do it. That's the dilemma of being Just a skeptic, right? You, you know, the dilemma of being a skeptic, yeah. right? You'd have to be like skeptical of skepticism. <laughs> so, yeah, right. I'm lying. It's only half. I didn't mean it. You know, I didn't really mean it. Because yeah, you're asking uh, the guy not to listen to you, 
But that's the thing you're <laughs> telling. That's right. The first thing you do is don't do what I So say. that means he's going to like totally listen to you, right? I mean, I'm getting all Spock yeah, on your ass. Get no all logical Spock one. on you there. Alec, it's been right. quite an honor. If, whatever you get creative, you know. I know you did a book of poetry, right? No. I, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's the lyrics to, I mean, I've, 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 a chapbook that's got lyrics to the to Hammer well, That's all right. But, Bobby Dillon would call that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. even if you want to read poetry or your lyrics, you're welcome back to the show anytime. Thank you so much for being with me and Brother Matt today. Yeah, definitely. It's a pleasure and an honor, and I love you, Mike Watt. Love you right I'm back. really out. happy to be here. I'd love to talk to you, man. Okay. People, November 30, 2022 edition. Well, Pedro, so keep your pattern right. Yeah.